Blog Talk Radio. Put it in the pot and then the teacher 
And you are part of the Legacy Forum tonight. Welcome. This is Robin and Mary Sondre. Legacy Forum is our way of giving back. We are here to help you live the life we've always dreamed. We bring you bits of information, help you apply to your life, and we hope that it will help you out. You know, when we were in Fort Collins, Colorado, we did our show in different local businesses. When we were here in Jacksonville before, we always just broadcast out of our home. So we like going around and promoting the local businesses. And tonight, we're here in Jacksonville Beach at Habibi's. It's a pizza bar and lounge. We met the owner, Mark, a little while back. Tonight, we met son, Fareed. Abby is our amazing waitress, and Sterling can pack an amazing hookah bowl. So come on down if you are anywhere near Jack's Beach and check out Habibi. You'll be glad you did. Fun place. You can call us tonight by dialing 347-677-0699. That's 347-677-0699. You can call in, listen. If you have a question, it'll prompt you to let us know. So we'd love to hear from you tonight. Also, you can just listen along on your computer by going to blogtalkradio.com. Well, Harry's done it again this week. Although he spent much time resting, relaxing, and contemplating the world in which we live, he still managed to put together this week's list of things to know. Well, I want you to know this. 100,000 elephants were killed by poachers in Africa from 2010 to 2012. Poaching now accounts for 65% of elephant deaths, up from 25% a decade ago. Know this. GMO, that's genetically modified corn, GMO corn will account for 93% of the crop's acreage in the United States. I doubt there's any company with more desire to make chemicals the source of our food supply more than the makers of Roundup. Monsanto is bound to determine to convince the public that Roundup is edible. Know this. Mitt Romney's Bain Capital and Goldman Sachs paid $121 million to settle a 2007 lawsuit accusing them of collusion. Know this. Every day... 46 people in the United States die from legal pain pills. Each year, 1,800 college freshmen die from alcohol. Death from marijuana? Still zero. Know this. Gallup released its poll scoring the happiest countries in the world. Uh I'll repeat that. Gallup released just recently its polling scoring the happiest countries in the world. Paraguay is number one, while the United States was 19. Well, that does it for this week. That's what's important to know this week. I'm going to continue on. We're going to go right in, and I like that segue. I mean, I just went from things to note. Now we're going to talk about saving money, the new paradigm of saving money. You know, tonight I want to talk about it. All my life people have said to save money. We've heard the phrase, a penny saved is a penny earned, and that may be true. We began hearing that 
that phrase early in our life. I listened and I paid attention. When I was young, I had paper routes. I mowed lawns. I picked up pop bottles and returned them for the refund. That was back in the days when bottles were made of glass, and, the, and if you returned them to the store, you'd receive two cents for a 12 ounce, and 16 ounce, 16 ounce, you get a nickel. 32 ounce, I think you got a nickel too. You know, I also sold mistletoe during the holiday season. I took in ironing, and I did just about anything to earn some money. And i got to tell you, when I went on Friday nights, I would go, and sometimes Saturday nights, I would go door-to-door asking people if they had any extra pop bottles that I could take. And I would knock on the door, and I was like 9 or 10 years old, and I would say, I'm a purple people eater from the planet of Pluto. My spaceship ran out of fuel. I need pop bottles. And you know what? People gave me pop bottles. That's how I made money. I was an entrepreneur long before the term became popular. Hell, I didn't even know what entrepreneur was back then. I just knew that I liked money, and I liked to make it. With all this money, I was amassing a small fortune, and I remember opening my first bank account at Brookside State Bank in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That was a big deal to me. It really was. I received that little savings passbook, and I kept track of everything. I felt, I felt really important. It wasn't the money. It really wasn't the money. I was in business, and I liked it. I felt like I was on my way to fame and riches. I walked into the bank, usually on a weekly basis, and I gave them my money to take care of for me. I did feel pride. I felt a lot of pride, and that was a very good thing for me. It taught me how to be industrious, and it taught me that I could get something for my efforts. But the advice to save money has been around many years, and it continues to be repeated today. We are taught to place our money and our trust into banks or the stock market. Now, I question this advice as an end-all technique for the working class. Someone must question it because economic conditions have changed dramatically, and we must question, each of us must question this age wisdom in today's market. We should question if it is still good advice or is it just familiar advice, time to rethink how to best utilize our money. I think it is. I mean, just because it was repeated and repeated and repeated does not make it right. Politicians do this all the time. It doesn't make what they say right. The savings theory is based upon the assumption most financial experts are correct and they have your best interests at heart. Now, I ask you, do you think that's true? We have to ask ourselves if the financial analysts, if they really are correct. Many of them assert that the only way a person can retire is to save. And again, we have to think about what is retirement. The majority of financial advisors tell us that investing in Wall Street is the best form of generating retirement funds. The theory of Wall Street investment tools as a savings vehicle is founded upon one simple rule, and that is the 40-40-40 rule. You work 40 hours a week for 40 years and retire for 40% of your pay. And you and I know that's bullshit. It, oh, I'm sorry, Rob is going to hit me. It is a very simple and seductive theory but unfortunately, this theory has not held true for this generation. Peter is unlikely for future generations. 
this really was an anomaly in the American economic cycle and has only happened. For all intents and practical purposes, it has only happened for one generation. I challenge anyone to show me more than one generation where the 40-40-40 rule has held true. I'm unsure if this economic theory was truly one that was practical for Americans working for an hourly wage. You know, I can make an argument it is nothing more than a theory to develop to keep the working class working and providing a false hope security. A false and dangerous theory. And we bought it. It would take a tremendous amount of money in savings for a middle class American to save enough for a comfortable retirement. The World War II generation is generally the only generation I mean, it really is the only generation where this advice held true for some in the middle class. Corporate, and you've got to remember, corporate taxes at that time were well over 35%. Personal income tax exceeded 50% for the very rich. Saving interest rates, if you put your money in, was at 10% or better. Financial investors looking at a long-term analysis and an economic environment that was regionally focused. That's the time frame we were looking at. These are the factors that contributed to a strong middle class that enabled the 40-40-40 rule to be effective for almost a complete generation. We don't have that today. Corporations are talking about let's lower taxes so we can compete. And I got one simple question for you. If corporations pay nothing, who pays for the roads? Who pays for all that we utilize? That's me and you. We can't do it on working class wages. The average lifespan for men and women has increased to a point that retirement, retirement today can cover several decades. A 30-year retirement is a very very real possibility. So working for 40 years to retire for 30 years is mathematically impossible. Okay, maybe difficult, but for most of it's impossible. This increase in the life expectancy of most Americans makes that 40-40-40 rule ridiculous to consider as a retirement option. And I don't care what the financial analyst tells you. I don't care what that person is telling you is trying to sell you an annuity. Look at what is going on. 30-year retirement after working for 40 years is just not practical. Because there is one thing wrong with the old adage of savings theory for the previous generations. One thing wrong with it. They do not work. Interest rates at save in sa- on savings throughout the world now are extremely low and almost zero in some areas. It is important to remember savings accounts are really nothing more than loans to banks, depositors, and loan it to other customers at an extremely high rate when compared to, to the rate they pay on the borrowed money. That's right. They take your money and pay you maybe 1% and loan it to somebody else that maybe 10%. 
Their borrowed money is what we call our savings. Savers, like you and I, are financing the bank's business at a very, extremely, very extremely low interest rate. We, you and I, are financing banks at a much lower return on investment than when they finance our businesses. So we loan them money to run their bank for 1%, but if we want to go open a restaurant, they're going to loan you our same money at 10%. Savings are now returning a dangerously low return on investment. It makes very little sense to save with such a low ROI. If savings accounts were truly the best way to gain a good return on your money, why don't the banks do it? Think about it. They use our money to invest in other people so they will receive a decent return. They tell us to invest our money into savings accounts. Into them, well, they invest in businesses. Imagine your return if you directly invest in businesses rather than investing in the banks. Imagine the money you could make if you did what the banks did. Now let's discuss in this whole retirement issue here, let's discuss quantitative easing. That's the new popular term. It's been around for, for a long, long time, back to the FDR days, but quantitative easing may have stabilized the economic environment for Wall Street. But Main Street, Main Street, you and I, we're still in a daze. Governments fearing their country will fall into a depression. They print money to artificially prop up the economy, give the illusion the economy is stronger than it really is. They call it quantitative easing because it doesn't sound as bad as, hey, we're going to print some more money. But it's the same thing. So saving money makes little sense when money is so cheap. And now, thanks to quantitative easing, inflation has become a concern, and many people fail to understand its relationships to saving. So let me explain it where I can understand it. It means that products will cost more dollars in the future than they do today. So your dollar buys less. Your dollar is worth less. Savings during these times is a symptomatic problem to losing purchasing power. That's why you lose purchasing power. Saving for retirement is more difficult during these times. And you know what? It's arduous. It's very difficult at the very best. All this while Wall Street propers. The Dow is at all-time high. People are making more money in the top 1% than ever before in our history. And I'm not making a judgment of morality. I'm really not. If they can make money, more power to them. I'm trying to explain why the middle class is losing. They are playing the wrong game. It is like the middle class is trying to, how do I say this? The middle class is trying to hit home runs while playing football. They are working hard, very, very hard, but in the wrong game. The working class needs to get in the right game. And I'm in agreement with the concept that, you know, savings is a good thing. I mean, it really is. Saving for, for, for short-term propositions, like 
you know, saving for unseen medical bills. I get that. Savings for emergency funds. I get that. You know, and other issues like for a college fund, I get all this. And savings for immediate cash, we need cash flow. I get all that. But to be truly effective, money placed in the savings accounts must generate monies ahead of all negative factors. We have many factors that are able to decrease the purchasing power of the dollar today. Investing into wealth generation uh, vehicles, businesses, normally will provide a better return on your monies than the modern-day savings accounts. Investing in a local business or, or, which I encourage, opening your own is an avenue that can produce a better return on your money. Begin thinking of your savings account in terms of a return on your investment as opposed to just a safe place to store your money. That is, if you ever, ever expect to retire. I definitely expect to retire. Definitely do. So thank you for some good advice on what we need to do just to help shift our brains into thinking of different ways that maybe some of us haven't. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to listen to Amy Hendrickson, and we're going to come right back with a local honey update. So hang tight for the local honey update and a little bit of yoga wisdom following Amy Hendrickson's Small Town Tyranny. Two little songs she wrote about St. Augustine. If you were with us last week, we came, or a week before last, we came to you straight from St. Augustine with Amy and some of the local artists involved in the local kind of project. So here we go with Amy's Small Town Tyranny. I don't know if you've talked to her or anything. I haven't seen her. Why, what's she doing? Well, and so then I told her. What did you say? Yeah, and so I told her. Well, what would you say? Well.
one of the things that has provided me great benefit as I've developed my yoga practice is becoming more in tune with my own body, getting to know my own body. Now, what does that mean? That means just paying attention because if you do not ever walk into a yoga class, you can take this advice and help reduce some of your stress. If you'll just begin to notice as you go about your day, as you're taking care of routine tasks, just notice areas in your body that you have skewed or tight or stressed that don't need to be the accomplished the task. When this first dawned on me, I was in the kitchen cutting up a carrot, I think it was. And all of a sudden I realized I had all this tension in my shoulder that I was working really, really hard to cut this carrot. Now my knife wasn't that dull. It's just I was using a lot of extra energy that I didn't need to. I took a deep breath, and then I just cut the carrot up with minimal effort. Well, you think, well, Robin, that's kind of crazy, but extra energy for things that's not necessary robs you by the end of the day. So if you can learn to just listen to your body, another place that I notice is constantly, even me trying to be tuned in, I have to correct myself so often, and you're going to laugh perhaps, but it's in the shower. So think about this when you're in the shower. Very often when we're, say, shampooing our hair, if you notice the muscles in your arms or what have you, if you just take a breath, you can relax those muscles. They're still working. They're still doing their job, but they're not tense. And also what I notice is we have a tremendous amount of muscles in our face and our neck. And when you shampoo your hair, sometimes you can catch yourself just really stretching up your face, just doing your face, squeezing your eyes tighter than they need to be. So just use that time in your shower to tune in. We heard of living in the present moment. Use that time to just pay attention to your body, to relax. If you catch your face all twisted up and you don't want to get stuck in your eyes, realize it doesn't really take that kind of muscle to keep it from happening. Take a deep breath. Bring that breath all the way down deep into your lungs. Let it out slowly and relax your face. If you just begin to notice throughout the day how many times you may catch your dog's point, then just open your mouth wisely and then when you close it, don't let your teeth touch and just relax your face. Just doing these little things throughout the day, even if you never make time to walk into a yoga class, getting to know your body, recognize it when it's tight, when it's tense, and then having that ability to step back and calmly release those muscles, you're going to give yourself some benefit. So that's your little Robin tidbit for tonight and drastically changing. No good segue at all here except for I just want to um, continue what we do here on Legacy Forum and talk about people that we have, that have businesses. We'd love to promote our friends' businesses, your friends' businesses. We need to continue to stop local. So much more money can be pumped into our economy. We can help our friends if we just shop local. So if you're looking for a porta potty if you're looking to have a big party, and you need lots of places for uh, people to be in the restroom, call Floaters. Floaters is owned by Jason Green. 
here in Jacksonville, Florida. You've got to give them some credit for coming up with a great name for a portable potty service. You or anybody you know needs extra facilities, look into floaters here in Jacksonville. With that, I'm going to turn it over to a much nicer subject for Harry. Tonight's segment on network marketing. Well, I think it's really important that you talk about floaters, and I'll tell you why. It's like we're at, at BB's tonight, and, you know, our, our, our friend Mark owns the BB's, and, and Abby has taken really good care of us this evening. And, in fact, here's Abby now. You know, as she walks to the door, she'll come over and she'll take care of us. Thank you, Abby. She even said she welcomed with a nice big smile. So so you need to come down here and, and meet a, Abby, get some hookah at the BB's. It is a great place. You're about a block from the ocean. It is it is wonderful. The reason we promote these businesses is that is the strength of our country. It is not the big box stores. It's not General Dynamics. It's not that. The strength of our country country is found in individuals. It's found in those people who are brave enough, smart enough, and trusting enough in, in our country, in one another, that they go out and, and capture a place in the, in the economic market and establish themselves and, and become, um, you know, an enterprise. And so when we can talk about floaters, we can talk about a BB, we can talk about Amy Hendricks' documentary. She's doing something that most people would shy away from and wouldn't have, to be honest with you, to guts the courage to do it. These are the people we want to talk about on our show because too often times all we see on the TV and the networks is our big companies. that And, and I'm, I'm telling you now that big companies are not our strength. Most of them don't pay taxes. Or if they do, they find every loophole they can not to. And I don't blame them. If the loophole's there, take it. But it's when you have people at the local level doing, uh, you know, God's work, for lack of a better term, they're helping us uh, provide a better life. Because even tonight, sitting in the BBs, uh, watching all the lovely people here uh, on the hookahs and, and uh, you know, just relaxing, enjoying this is what life's about. People ask me why I push network marketing. It's very obvious. I preach it week to week because, as Robert Kiyosaki has said, I watched him this week. He was talking about how the paycheck has become, we became addicted to the paycheck, and the paycheck is destroying our company. Network marketing, any, anybody can do network marketing. The only thing that I have against some people entering network marketing, they think it's a lottery, and they join a company that it's ill-fit for. They want to get rich quick. It, does, it's not, it doesn't operate that way. Network marketing is growing and become popular as a business model of choice by entrepreneurs. Why? Well, investment. We have all the tools necessary to succeed. People from all vocations are coming to network marketing. Even people not involved in this business model are speaking out in favor of network marketing. And I want to, I want to read you something. We're well, not actually read you something, but tell you something of Jack Canfield. And most of you know him from author of Chicken Soup of the Soul. Now, he's very outspoken and gives numerous reasons. If you ever listen to him and read him, he gives numerous reasons to be involved, for all of us to become involved in network marketing. And I, and I think, uh, you know, just made his list very simple. And his list goes something like this. You are your own boss. You know, we're Americans. We proud ourselves of individualism and, and self-dependency, you know, depending on, one, on, on our, our own skills and abilities. This is your opportunity to be your own boss. You don't have to ask somebody for a bathroom break. You don't have to let somebody else tell you when you go when you have to, to go to lunch. And as like our good friend Leslie Hawker says, you can sleep until you're done. That's what being your own boss is about. It gives you that freedom. 
You can be a leader. Jack points out you can be a leader. You can teach others how to do it. Now, I promise you, most will not follow in the beginning. Why? Because they become uncomfortable. I mean, they, they become comfortable, and you've got to get them uncomfortable in order for them to change. It's like John Cougar once said, Mellon Campus once said that he wrote a song, people trade their end for a warmer place to sleep. People that are leaders lead the way for those who are not willing to trade their ambitions for a warmer place to sleep. One of the most important things I love about network marketing, you're leaving a legacy. Because you can't be successful in network marketing unless you teach others and help others become successful. It's just the opposite in corporate America. In corporate America, the best way to make money is to try to take it from everybody else. The best way to make money in network marketing is to ensure that those around you make money as well. You're leaving a legacy of good, of helping people. Network marketing has a sense of community because it's an aid in all of the people to help one another as opposed to getting ahead in the corporate world. You've got to step on somebody to get ahead in network marketing. You've got to help somebody. So it forms a sense of community. You can teach people business. You can become a business trainer. For Red, Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith, for Moral Sentiments by Adam Smith, who is the founder that our whole economic system in this country is built upon Adam Smith's teaching. Network marketing is all about that. You can become a business trainer. One of the best things about network marketing is a philanthropy. You can give back far more than you receive. The key element to becoming successful and why a lot of people don't become successful in network marketing, I'll tell you, it's not because of the business. It's damn sure not because of the business model. It's the best economic business model in our country today, network marketing is. The reason most people don't become successful in network marketing is the same reason they don't become successful in any business. It's about self-development. If you're going to be good at network marketing, you've got to put your, yourself on the line and develop yourself. Service to others is another reason Jack Canfield lives, lives as becoming involved in network marketing because you are a service to others. But Jack Canfield is a fan of network marketing and has a worldwide reputation for helping people improve their lives. Our changing economic climate, the climate that we live in today, has brought to the service to the surface. It brought it rises to the level that, that the weakness in trading time for dollars. That old economic system that we grew up with, you gotta go beg somebody for a job. You gotta write a resume. You've got to ask permission to trade your time for dollars. That way of life is disappearing. Making a decent living requires money, and making enough money to do this has changed. There's no doubt about it. It's all around you. Economic indicators are everywhere. Economic conditions have changed. Making money has changed. The question remains, that, that's a fact. The question is, have you? The real issues have you is have you adapted to this changing economy? What what Robin and I find is too many hardworking people are working their butts off, believing that somehow things will change, and trusting the company. Trusting the company is what they need because the company will take care of them. Now, fortunately for Robin and I, 
we have time to do the research and figure out what's going on with this economic system. And the question for you and your family is, in this antiquated method of revenue generation, believing that somehow, some way, that you are different, that you're special, and that if you just keep on doing what you've always done, that somehow, some way, maybe someday, the results will be different. Get a grip. Gallup polled 135,000 people around the world about their employment status, not just in the United States, but around the world. And I'm going to list just a sampling of some of the findings. Remember, we Americans, we pride ourselves as being independent, self-dependent, and a model of capitalism for the rest of the world to follow. Well, in Vietnam, 40% of the people said they work for themselves. 40% of Vietnamese work for themselves. In Egypt, in Egypt, a vast land of turmoil, 13% work for themselves. In Argentina, which everybody thinks is a socialist country, you know, they're bad socialists, Argentina, 13% work for themselves. And Germany, oh my God, Germany, the epitome of socialism with their nationalized health care and, and their they're all their social programs. Nine percent of the people work for themselves. And in the greatest capitalist country in the world, the United States, you and I, four percent. Four percent of Americans say they work for themselves. And we can't claim to be the capitalist model. We are allowing capitalism to die in our country. The economic system that made us what many historians call the greatest country in world history has given way to a people that lost faith in their own abilities. We can blame whoever we want. We can blame the Congress. We can blame the president. We can blame big corporations. But network marketing removes the excuses. Working-class Americans seem to be attracted more to reality TV than improving their own reality. Hell, grown men investing hours upon hours upon hours into fantasy football proves my point. Enough said. You know, we're wasting our opportunities on, on fantasies. Fantasies do not feed our children or raise our standard of living. Raising the minimum wage... It's a good idea, probably, and I admire those fighting for it, but raising the minimum wage in a failing economic system will not provide the cure. It only addresses the symptom. If you want more, you must become more in a system that allows you to control your economic future. Jack Canfield is just one more authority in a field of personal development saying the time for network marketing has arrived.
Wanted to Die by Farewell to Fear. For those who don't know, Farewell to Fear, a good friend of ours, Mike Craig, and and we give a shout-out to Mike Craig tonight. Also another gentleman involved in network marketing besides his Christian rock group, Farewell to Fear. Mike is a wonderful, wonderful human being. Speaking of wonderful human beings, why don't you develop yourself even greater and become even a greater human being? You know, studies reveal that the majority of people never read an entire book, I mean, cover to cover, after their formal education ends. I mean, that's whether it's high school or college, the vast majority of people never read an entire book after high school or college. Reading, even as... As fundamental as it is, reading is a key element in self-development. The majority of people that maintain a pattern of success throughout their lifetime read. That's simple. Read. Developing yourself is critical in developing your life to the level of your dreams. The problem we face today, as Bob Donald says, is most people are trying to live a 24-ounce life in a 12-ounce glass. Because I, I didn't want to take credit for it because Bob said it. Most people are trying to live a 24-ounce life in a 12-ounce glass. Too many people are wanting to experience more out of life than they can possibly handle. The majority of lottery winners wind up broke in a few years. Too many people desire life they're not ready to handle. There are case after case of fighters and athletes and pro football players making millions of dollars that wind up broke. They are not economically, physically, mentally, or spiritually prepared to handle a 24-ounce life. You know, Jim Rome says if, if you will become what you, you can attract and to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. You know, Jeff Olson wrote an entire book entitled The Slight Edge, on this subject. In fact, Miriam International, one of the top network marketing companies in the world, tells their brand partners that if you work five hours a week on their Nerium business, Jeff wants you to work three of those hours on self-development. That's right. If you're going to spend five hours on Nerium, he wants three of those five to be on self-development. Because self-development is recognized as a foundation for success. The level of your success is determined by the level of your self-development. The majority of people work very little on themselves, and yet they want incredible results just to happen for them. Life is not by accident. Life is by design. Bob Donald reminds us living the 24-ounce life is more than just getting money or getting a better car, or even a nicer house. You know, it's about living the life that you've created designed, that you personally have created and designed to live, and not merely the life that was inflicted upon you. Now, he's outlined five ways that each of us, I'm going to give them to you tonight, five ways that each of us could live a 24-ounce life. Number one, surprise, surprise, personal development. Invest yourself in books and tapes, seminars, and, and, and the key is to actually use them. Most people will never use self-development tools. It's kind of like a gym membership. People buy gym memberships all the time, but hardly ever use the equipment. Surround yourself. Number two, Bob tells us, surround yourself with quality people. You are the average 
of the five people you spend the most time with. Now, studies have shown that our incomes and our lifestyles will be the average of the five people we spend the majority of our time. So if you want a better life, the answer seems clear. Find new friends. Break your day into five areas and do something in each of the areas. And Bob recommends the five areas are family. Your, and your family is not only defined by bloodline. Spend time with personal. Do something to reward yourself. You did a good job. Pat yourself on the back. A third of the areas, mental or education, develop your brain. Stop being so reactive to TV and be proactive and do something. And spiritual. We must all define our spiritual purpose, each of us. Have the seeds of greatness within us. It's up to us to grow them and to develop them and find that spiritual purpose. And the last area we need to work on is business. Creating wealth, because I promise you, you cannot give back what you don't have. So the better you are at business, the more you can give back. Be sure to give. Giving giving is a foundation for receiving, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about this. Zig Ziglar, Zig Ziglar once said, you can have anything you want in this life if you help enough people get what they want first. And the last thing Bob tells us is be grateful. I see people all the time bitching and moaning and complaining. You know, I, I believe if you gave a million dollars, they'd complain about having to pay taxes on it. But if you really want a successful life, be grateful for everything. More is granted to the grateful. It is that simple. You know, karma, karma is a great thing, or as they say, karma can be a bitch. You decide. Well, once you decide that, or what might help you decide, is knowing that it's that time again, Harry. You know what time it is? You know, Robin, you and I spend a whole lot of time giving back. Our whole radio show is about giving back. We we try to help and, and provide goodness wherever we can. But, you know, one thing I've noticed is that you just can't fix stupid. You just can't. A Southern California criminal, this guy, he had a craving for seconds, got him in hot water. Security, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to crack up. My security footage showed a man dressed in a distinctive hat and green shirt entering Costa Mesa's El Polo Loco restaurant through a drive-through window. Now this guy entered through the drive-through window, has him going through each and every register, looking for money. The guy broke in and robbed the place. He's on surveillance camera. Now, later that day, police received a call from employees of the restaurant reporting a man matching the description of the suspect waiting in line to order food. Police were called. The police entered the restaurant and arrested Daniel Lee Warren. Authorities said he was still wearing the same clothes and hat as a security video showed. He was only 28. He was arrested by police wearing the same outfit that he broke into the place with. You know, officials said Warren was sentenced to prison earlier that year but was part of a post-release community supervision program. I'm telling you, we try to help people all that we can, but sometimes you just can't fix stupid. 
I just get trigger happy sometimes and push that button before I should. You got to forgive me. But that was some weird news. Hey, thank you for joining us tonight, everybody. Remember, you can always email us with questions, comments, concerns, dilemmas, or conundrums at LegacyForum at Yahoo.com. Now go out there and make somebody else happy.